Okay. Well, this is fourth and one, and welcome everyone, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thank you so much for tuning in, Spotify or Anchor.com. It's actually Anchor FM. Sorry. Oh, it's Anchor FM. All righty. Well, Anchor.fm. FM. Anchor.fm. Thank you for making us a part of your day. It is December 1st. We are officially in holiday season. Holiday! It's the most wonderful time of the year live from Lenox, Pennsylvania. I, well, not live, but for this live podcast. Live to tape. Live to tape from Lenox, Pennsylvania. I am Micaiah. That other voice you keep hearing in the background is the terrible producer, Simeon. Hi, hi. And we're going to run you through the weekend of sports and what a weekend it was. Black Friday football uh, had two great games. I have always said that Black Friday football is the best college football day of the year. And it lived up to the hype. And that's where I want to start this weekend. And I want to start at the first game of the afternoon between Iowa State and Texas. More specifically, deep in the heart. Of, of Texas. Texas. Okay, sorry. And the dog is home. The dog is home again. Uh, but I want to start with Iowa State and the tremendous job that Matt Campbell has been doing for the Cyclones out in Ames, Iowa. They take down Texas. It is the first time in school history that Iowa State has beat Oklahoma and Texas in the same year. Ow. And that was the dog stepping on my foot. This checks out. <laughs> he also beat both Oklahoma and Texas. This is Matt Campbell, not the dog. Yes. In Texas and Norman. In Austin and Norman. And he's really been able to do uh, something with a program that has been, that was left for dead. Iowa State was the New York Jets of the Big 12. An apt comparison. Yes. They were terrible by all means, yet somehow they would always pull out a couple upsets a year. One here or there. He would, Matt Campbell that is. Was hired from Toledo, which Toledo. he built a great program there. And now he is probably on the doorstep of a big-time Power power uh, 5 football job. Most specifically, the Michigan job, if the rumors are true. Oh, I didn't know there were rumors. There are rumors that Matt Campbell would be the guy to replace Jim Harbaugh. Because Matt Campbell seems to, every year, take talent that is worse or not as talented as the big teams he plays, whether that be Oklahoma or Texas, and he seems to beat them, at least one of those two teams every year. Now, he has problems with the smaller teams, cough, cough, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Did he lose to them this year? Yes, that was their first loss of the season. And then they lost to, I believe, Kansas State. Got off to a rocky start. But now they're really humming along, and they're going, for the first time, they are looking to make the Big 12 championship game. 
in a couple weeks. They, they can make the Big Ten championship game it, well, for yeah, all weekend. I, I, mean, I mean, at this point, yes. So I just want to say congratulations to the Iowa State Cyclones. It is really an impressive coaching job. I, I can't underestimate that much with how bad this Iowa State program was five years ago to where it is now and uh, it being a uh, conference championship contender year in and year out, at least uh, the last three years it has been. Um, I, as a Michigan fan, I don't know how I feel about Matt Campbell. I don't know if Matt Campbell would even want to come to Michigan, but, you know, he seems to win big-time games, and his kids are always competitive, and they always fight, and they always stretch, scratch and claw for everything that they want. So, so yeah. Um, but also, I want to flip it to the other side. Texas, I think might be looking for a new coach at season's end. Tom Herman, I had, when we first started doing this podcast, I had uh, monologued about how Tom Herman was not the guy and how his teams are undisciplined. And again, on Friday, a bunch of penalties, a bunch of false starts, a bunch of offsides, not to culminate in Sam Ellinger taking, Taking a sack when you can't take a sack at the end of the game with no timeouts, and it makes it for a 58-yard field goal, which their kicker then misses. That would have tied the game and forced overtime, and then Iowa State goes on to win. But Tom Herman, just ha- unlike Matt Campbell, just has not quite gotten the job done. And he has better talent than Matt Campbell in Iowa State. And he's getting the big-time recruits. It's just, if you flop those, the coaches, if you put Matt Campbell on Texas and you put Tom Herman on Iowa State, I think Iowa State's looking at 5-7 and seven every year and Texas is looking at 11-12 wins every year. I really do. Matt Campbell is that kind of elevator of talent. He gets the kids to fight for him as I have stated before, so I really think that Tom Herman might be the problem down in Austin. Now, whether you want to call this being a COVID thing, sure, but remember, they brought their quarterback as a fifth-year senior, so Sam Ellinger is going to go, so now you got to break in a new quarterback. Uh, you're you're going to get people leaving that defense in Texas. You're going to get people leaving the offensive line, so now you got to kind of really rebuild and restart i'm not really sure where they they go from here i mean he has a 52 and 22 record and a history with quarterbacks that's just information for you Uh, which one tom herman tom herman there are a lot of comparisons in between john john jim harbaugh jim harbaugh and herman they both are at a big-time program. They both recruit very well, right? all things considered. They just can't win big games. They can't beat their arch rival. And Herman actually has it a little easier because his is always played at a neutral site, that being the Red River Showdown between Texas and Oklahoma every year, which is played at the Cotton Bowl and not it's not home-and-home. Uh, home. So they, they always have half the stadium is their fans uh but the quarterback position kind of is always underachieving uh the defense is always giving up a lot of points like there's a lot of similarities and 
I think Tom Herman is a great offensive coordinator. I'm not sure that he's a great head coach, and I think that that's really what it boils down to. I think Harbaugh is a great head coach at a program for like five years, and I think it's just his antics and his tactics eventually wear you out. I'm not really sure. uh, Herman seems very intense, and I'm not sure if the kids just need uh, sometimes a softer voice there. I'm not inside the Texas program. I am not a uh, big-time Texas fan. I can only see you from what uh, an outside observer is observing. But, he, I mean, he wins a lot, but, again, the big, the bottom of the Big 12 is not very good, and he's really not had a problem with the bottom of the Big 12, except for one or two games a year where he'll inexplicitly lose to Kansas for whatever reason. Well, I don't think anybody's losing to Kansas. If you want an apt comparison between the Jets and the college football team, mm-hmm. it would probably be Kansas. Oh, wait, this year? The past years. In past years, yes. But before Kansas, it was Iowa State. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. You know Pop Warner coached at Iowa State for a little bit? Just read that. I know you didn't. They, he was offered $25 a year to coach there before going to Georgia. $25 a year? I'm oh, sorry. A week. Oh. How times have changed. Yeah, very. I don't know if he accepted that offer or not. So I think mm, Matt Campbell it. probably makes that like a minute. Um, yeah, I don't know how much Matt Campbell makes. Uh, it, it well, it it doesn't say on his Wikipedia. I'm let sorry. me tell you, some big fi- some big time schools are going. Oh, it come, does. I'm sorry, he makes three point five million dollars. Some big time schools are going to come knocking and offer him five or six or even seven million dollars to come coach there programs now i don't remember what toledo's record was uh for before matt campbell showed up but he was he took over at the end of 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 2011 Mm -hmm. nine and four seven and five nine and four nine and two and then iowa state his first year there was three and nine and then eight and five eight and five seven and six and he's currently and he's currently seven and two right now I'm just letting you. He know went. He went three and nine, and then back to back eight and five seasons. Yeah, and then said, "Oh my gosh, he's a great coach." Yeah, that that's impressive. What you have to understand for the listeners, all twelve of you, is that Iowa State is in the middle of nowhere. If you go to a map of Iowa and you find the I, it's under the I in and Iowa. I'm not exactly. And so he's going to relu- lose out. The recruiting matters to every single big time recruit, every single one. To to well, you Iowa's probably a bigger school than Iowa, Iowa, Oklahoma. That's probably Oklahoma, Iowa State. I mean, you go try to recruit Midwest, you're gonna lose that. And yet he's taking these two and three star athletes out of high school, and he's turning them into possibly big 12 champion i mean they got a real shot against oklahoma they play they're very balanced they run the ball they play great defense listen congratulations to him i'll be rooting for you going forward uh i want to move on to the second game though uh on friday between notre dame and north carolina which was or started to be a shootout it was 14 14 at the end of the first quarter and i thought here we go we're gonna have some fun this is gonna be a fun time uh neither defense could get off the field and then it was kind of a stalemate and then north carolina only scored three points the rest of the game uh and went on to lose to notre dame 31 17 however 
I, I still think North Carolina's best days are ahead of them. They're still kind of young yet, but they have some talent. Mac Brown's doing an excellent job with that program recruiting forward. But uh, this uh, segment here is really mostly about what I think about Notre Dame. And this is a different Notre Dame team. That would have been on Friday a game historically that Notre Dame would have lost. They, I mean, they got down 14 nothing or 14 to 7 and or 17 7, and they would have kind of folded and crumbled. But what did they do? They leaned on that offensive line. They leaned on their stout defense and their linebackers and their defensive line, and they just they just proved that we are bigger and we are stronger uh, than North Carolina. And in previous years, Notre Dame would have tried to out-talent them on the outside or just given up and not leaned on their advantages. And that's when big-time schools play up-and-coming schools like a Notre Dame playing in North Carolina. They forget that some they have advantages and they should just take advantage of those advantages and one of the advantages that Notre Dame will have against almost any team in the country is their offensive line and they just leaned and they leaned and they leaned and they just wore out the North Carolina defense that hung in there as long as they could and kudos to Brian Kelly and Notre Dame listen this is a different Notre Dame squad as I said and they are legitimately if you had them if the committee had them at number one I don't think I can make an argument. I think there are three number one teams in the nation right now. It's Clemson, it's Alabama, and it's Notre Dame. And then I think there's a pretty significant gap in between three and whoever they put at four, whether that be Ohio State, which I'll get to in just a minute, whether that be Cincinnati, Florida, or Texas A&M. I really do. This is a different Notre Dame team. They are big, they are strong, and they lean on and they take advantage and lean on their advantages they have against other teams. He's taking a sip of water. When he pauses, I really should talk, but <laughs> he makes good points. I wouldn't ruin it with my voice. I'm also But but history I'm not wrong. Like historically Notre Dame has like just for lack of a better word, choked. The Like last year, they walk into Michigan as the number 8th ranked team. Michigan is getting their doors blown off, or they're rarely inconsistent. Then they get mauled 44-7 last year at Michigan. Like, like, they'll just have a game at the end of the season where they'll just choke. And I feel like this is just a different philosophy of a team. Brian Kelly has done a great job with that pro ever since that four and six year that they, he had a couple years ago he has really gotten that program to take off and I am very impressed and I think for once the playoff might actually be competitive outside of the two um might like might be competitive for multiple games. Like the 2-3 matchup, that'll be competitive. And then whoever makes the natty, that'll be competitive. All because I think we have really legitimately have three number one teams. And this is why the playoff was implemented. Because people felt like there were always three, at least three teams a year that could win the national championship. And this year is 
definitely proving to be one of those years. I'm wondering, I have an interesting question for you. I'm wondering if we're out of the recruitment cycle for the playoff now, because I'm like looking at uh, Conference USA is a great example. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it is Conference USA, I'm pretty sure, that has Coastal Carolina, yeah. App State, and Sunbelt. The Sunbelt. Sunbelt. Yep. All of a sudden, the Sunbelt is doing, it's been super competitive, not just this year, but kind of they've they've grown in an in inner comp- competitive. I would say the Sun Belts. Well, I, I think you're seeing with that a trickle down effect. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Right. So so you get all of the four and five star at the, the top rated prospects go to the top five teams in the country, the Alabama, the Georgia, the Clemson, the Oklahoma, and the Ohio States. They go there. Right. And then the trickle down effect is then the Michigans, the Wisconsins, the Notre Dames, everybody, you know, Everybody else who is that second tier, not, I mean, you can throw Notre Dame, I think, after this year into that top tier, but everybody else then clamors for all the not top athletes, and then it just keeps going down. So the Sun Belt is actually getting better athletes because kids will choose where they can go to get on the field right away to be seen because they know with these TV contracts they'll be on TV, kind of like what Rondell Moore did at Purdue. Rondell Moore said, as a true freshman, I want to go somewhere where I I will play a lot. So he went to Purdue, and he said, it really doesn't matter. I know that I will be on TV because they have the Big Ten Network, and Purdue is always on TV, good or bad, against a since the Big Ten is kind of loaded against the Wisconsin, against Michigan, against Ohio State, and to be able to flash his talent. And that's exactly what happened. And now he's a projected first-round pick. So you're just seeing the trickle-down effect. So, yes, I think the Sun Belt is benefiting from that. And teams like Coastal Carolina and App State are benefiting from the trickle-down effect. And if when you get coaches who can – channel the energy of these kids and focus it and really motivate them and get them to play discipline you see these great runs by these great teams absolutely i agree with that so notre dame i'm i'm very impressed with notre dame however the other team i mentioned and have or started when i started this podcast i said they are definitely one of the top four best teams in the country i'm not so sure not only is Ohio State. And I'm not only saying that because just because they were off and they have COVID issues, which I'll get to in a second, but their secondary hit this entire season has just been barraged and has been torn apart by a good passing attack. Now, their final couple of games, I don't really think they have to worry. They're playing they're gonna try to play Michigan State. Then um, they have another game against. Who is this? Uh, Ohio State. It's Michigan State, and then it's someone, and then it's. Well, no, it's Michigan State, and then it's Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So really, they got their secondary won't get toasted by either one of those teams unless Cade goes off somehow. Right. Which I'm not even sure if his shoulder is going to back. Off. Yeah. But. What Indiana did to them, now Indiana's good. Indiana's quarterback is out for the season with the torn ACL, so that's a bummer for oh, that them. That does suck. They came back strong yes, uh, last weekend and routed a, a uh, team. A decent Maryland team, yeah. yeah. So, 
But my other problem is with Ohio State is Ohio State has to play in the Big Ten. You have to play six games to make the conference championship game. And if Ohio State doesn't play this weekend, they do not play. If Ohio State doesn't play this weekend or next weekend, either one of those two, they don't play six games. They don't make the conference championship. And they're not making the playoff. Though. They're not making the playoff. But even, so say even with six games, they make the conference championship. Now the debate is are you going to put a 6 0 Ohio State team in? over a 10-0, 11-0 Cincinnati team. And that was the debate on game day. And the other debate is Ohio State, yes, talent-wise, say they don't make it and say they go 5-0, right, and they don't even make it. Talent-wise, yes, they're one of the most talented teams in the country, but you can't put a 5 and a team who's only played five games in over a Cincinnati team. No, I wouldn't be, su- I wouldn't be surprised if we see them drop in the rankings tonight when they get released. Honestly, if they fall out of the fo- at the top so, four. So, what the committee likes to do is they like to set themselves up for... They, they like to set themselves up to have the easiest explanation for the public when, when they ask... When, when they ask why did they rank them that way. And they also like to set themselves up to be able... To, to where the public can kind of see what's going on. And so what I mean by that is if you see Ohio State drop and get ranked behind Cincinnati, that tells the public, the college football fan, that if since all Cincinnati has to do is win out and they'll probably be in. That's all that they have to do. Now, I mean, where Ohio State's at four right now. Ohio State's at three. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the AP because for some reason ESPN's app does not have the. Yeah, that it's dumb. Yeah. Um. So. Fix that. Yeah. Honestly, so uh, the but it, it it's close. It's three or four. They're three or four. Um. Honestly, why do you have the AP here? That makes no I, sense. Anyway. Um. But five and six was Texas A&M, Florida. I have to confirm yeah. this. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the top ten between the AP and I and the committee. Well, BYU is getting shafted. They're at 14. They're not the 14th best team in the country. No, they, for they're sure. they're much. They should at least be in the top ten, which would again kind of set the committee up to be able to logically when if thing if a series of events happen, move them into the top four. But this is oh, here we go. Uh, Ohio State is number four right now. Is not well. I first two out is Texas A and M and Florida. So really, I think when, so if the committee when they release the rankings tonight, if Cincinnati is ahead of Ohio State, that tells me that they will put Cincinnati in over Ohio State. However. It also tells me that they still devalue Cincinnati more than a one, than a two-loss SEC runner-up. Yeah, because here, here's the deal: we have Texas A&M, we have Florida as the first both, two out. Both Texas have Texas A&M lost to Alabama, right? Number one, and, and Florida lost to Texas A&M. Correct. I don't know where they. They're both in the correct. So I forget at, where they are in the SEC. So. Alabama is basically Alabama I think has clinched a spot in the SEC championship game. So 
I think it's going to come down to that fourth spot. For sure. No, 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 no. I, I'm, that was not a complete thought. That fourth spot is, is does the committee value a the AAC champ undefeated champion right more than a two loss SEC runner up, assuming Ohio State is out of the picture? I think if Ohio State plays both this week and next week and looks good, and then goes to the Big Ten championship and looks good and dominant, and they dominate all the way through then I think Ohio State's four. However, if Ohio State has a couple of close losses, if they go to go to Michigan and Michigan somehow wakes up for this game and plays them close, if they go to the Big Ten championship game and play and they play I don't even I think it's Northwestern at this point and no, that's they a, lost. Right, but they beat Wisconsin. So I still think they're leading the Let me look. I, this is interesting I, to me now too. So I, <laughs> the Big Ten, that would be the West. It is Northwestern unless they lose. I think they still have to play Iowa. So unless they lose to Iowa. Okay, so I I mean, because Iowa's in there. I'm so, sure and they still, no, they pl- don't. They beat Iowa. Okay. So unless they can't, their next game was canceled, so it's just their last game versus Illinois. Which How many games win. have they played, though? Northwestern? Yeah. They played six. Okay. So, so they'll probably. They'll play seven. Okay, so, so they'll go. Great. So, I think that the committee still, like I said, still does not value an AAC champion, which is wrong in my opinion. I feel that it should be a power six. I think the AAC has proven to be able to make a conference and make their champions just as tough and just as competitive as anyone who else can slide into that four spot, considering Oklahoma gets creamed every time they're in that fourth spot. And whoever seems to be in that four spot, since Ohio State won it the first year from the the fourth spot, just seems to be in there just for fun and just number one's whipping post. Now, Alabama's right now is on, and Mac Brown is on another level. I'm sorry, Mac Jones, not Mac Brown. Clemson with Trevor Lawrence seems to be doing just fine, and I've already talked about Notre Dame. So I'm very intrigued by the pros by the prospect of Cincinnati getting in at number four. So here, Cincinnati beat UCF. Um, they their last game will be for the AAC championship against Tulsa. Funny enough, of all teams. Their game against Temple was canceled, so it's really that twelfth, which will be for the AAC championship. Um, so against against Tulsa is, and let me just confirm. I'm pretty sure they're ranked. Yeah, they're ranked twenty fifth. So both the yeah, but the, I think they lost this weekend, so they'll probably drop the out. one and the two teams. No, I'm pretty sure they didn't. They win. I thought they won. Yeah, their last game they played was against Tulane. Oh, okay. Oh, and they, they beat two. They must, it must have gotten canceled then. Yeah, it was postponed. Oh, they were I supposed see. to play okay. Houston. So, so Cincinnati wins. So Cincinnati won't play until the championship game now. Yeah, Cincinnati's done until the championship game. Oh well, then that hurts Cincinnati because the committee. Just for everyone who knows, they are the definition of recency bias. Oh, for sure. This is why I thought that. They look at the whole body of work, and then it's recency bias. What have you done for me lately? And this is why I thought that it would hurt teams like Big Ten, like Pac-12, 
these teams that come in and they stumble what would be midway through their season in right. a normal season, but now it's at the end of their season and they stumble, they have a close game against a team that they shouldn't have had a close game against, and then the committee would penalize them for that. So I think that this hurts Cincinnati, but again, I'm very intrigued to see where they put Cincinnati Florida, Texas A&M, and Ohio State tonight. If Steve, if the NCAA, I'm going to get just nerdy here for a second. If the NCAA was smart, North Dakota, North Dakota State would be playing, would be flying to play Cincinnati this week. Yeah, I, I there are lots of things I I think you could definitely do. Like the Pac-12, you're allowed to go out and schedule with someone out. I mean, I talked about this last week. The Pac-12 is allowed to go out. If your game was canceled or postponed because the other team had COVID issues and you are you're COVID clean, let's just say, for yeah. the weekend, you're allowed to go out and schedule with someone else who... Uh, who isn't playing and who is also COVID clean. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, this is also why I think that there should be a commissioner of NCAA football. There needs to be a governing body that at least a small group of people which that can make and are the judge, jury, and executioner for these type of things and decisions and things like that. Uh, so it'll be very interesting. My top four, since everyone asked and everyone is waiting, I Alabama took the doors off Auburn. I, I don't know how you don't have them number one right now. I'll, I'll put Notre Dame number two just because they've been very impressive and they beat Clemson. However, Clemson did not have Trevor Lawrence, and I think that's a different game if if Trevor Lawrence plays, I think they actually win that game. So I'm going to put Notre he Dame good against Pittsburgh too this weekend from the highlights that C- I saw. Clemson, yeah, I, it, it wasn't a contest. I mean, he did whatever he wanted. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, the the team just has this and ETN. When Lawrence is in, it opens things up for ETN because when ET when Lawrence doesn't play, teams are like, well, the number one person we got to take away is Travis ETN. Right. You take away the run game, well, that kind of Unfortunately, that speeds the game up for everyone else, and so now that puts more pressure on the Clemson defense. So I'll put Clemson at three, and then number four, as of right now, I'm going to put Florida. I I really am. At five, I'm going to put Cincinnati. At six, I'm going to put A&M, and at seven, I'm going to put Ohio State. Okay. Yes, I have Ohio State dropping three spots. I think I think Ohio State because they didn't play and because they might not play dropping three spots is fair and this is not just me saying this as a Michigan fan. Well, they're on track to play this weekend. Okay. Uh, well, then. But but still, they didn't play in the last game that they played. They didn't look all that I mean, yes it was a the number 9 ranked a number 9 ranked Indiana team, but still, they, their defense looked their secondary especially looked not great. Right. At all, right? So I, I think is seven fair. It's not that's not too harsh. You think? No, I think seven's fair. I think the big the bigger surprise there is if I was going to say seven was too harsh, I think one, two, three, four would be A and M, six would be Ohio State, and then seven would be Florida. If we if if we were saying that seven was so, too harsh, bec- only because Florida lost to A and M. So I so I'm. I, Last time I looked, 
A&M blew the doors off LSU. I mean, that, last time I looked, it was like 24 nothing in the third quarter. Uh, They beat them 27. 27? 22-7, yeah. 22-7. Yeah. Okay, so 22-7, that's not even, like, what? what is that? Texas A&M, LA. Okay, I'm still taking Florida because even in the game against A&M, Florida's offense was cooking until they stopped passing the ball. And here's the deal is Texas A&M, they're losing the the SEC West. So I think you're right. They have no chance to go back to Alabama and beat them. Florida could go in the SEC championship and beat Alabama, in which case, yeah, I'm taking Florida at four and Alabama at well, Two well, that becomes it, that becomes an interesting. So, so let's just say both those teams go, which I think they're on track to go right now. So you have Florida and Alabama sitting there. Let's just say they're one and four. So let's say Florida beats Alabama. Does Ala- So where does Alabama go and where does Florida go? Do you put Florida at one? I mean, that that'll mm-hmm. be interesting. Notre to- Dame would go to one. I feel like Clemson as an ACC okay. champion so, would go at two, and then you would have three so, and four. Well, they'll play each other again. Clemson no. and Notre Dame, yeah, they're on track to play each other again in the ACC championship. Oh, that's game. right. We right. Have the two, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So let's just say Clemson beats Notre Dame. Okay. And Florida beats Alabama. Okay. Underdogs winning. Yeah. Current. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Current underdogs winning. Yeah. Although I don't think Clemson would be an underdog, but yeah, I agree with you. But how would you rank them? So Clemson beats Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Florida beats so one so three would beat two and four would beat one I think because the SEC uh, let me look at the SEC again this year hold on nope that's the ACC I would rank them Clemson one see but I feel like Alabama two ACC wasn't as strong this year well and then if the committee so nope I lied to you nope Clemson one (laughs) Clemson one and then because who's the 13 who's the 13 from the SEC uh, uh, A&M? Uh, not counting A&M. Okay, who's the fourth team from the SEC? Oh, I don't know. It'd okay, who's be... the fourth team Who's the fourth team for, for the ACC? The fourth best team? Yeah. Uh, probably North Carolina. And who's the fifth best team? Oh, I don't know. The U. We're forgetting about Miami, oh, well, who's ranked high right now, too. Right, yeah. They have... Five really good teams. So the ACC has has had a better season than the yeah. than the SEC, in my opinion. No, no. You're so right. yeah. So you're but, putting you're putting Clemson one, but also we, you're putting Clemson the, one, Florida two, and then correct. I put I put. North but the Carolina. committee also has something to think about. They don't want back to back rematches. Right. So you would split them up. So SEC plays ACC, and SEC plays ACC, and then if, yeah, yeah. But do you? So so you're you want to back to back. So 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 you're telling me you would put so say so say Florida at four would beat Alabama at one. You would put Florida at two, Alabama at four, and Notre Dame at three. That's what you would do. So so the first round matchup would be the semifinals would be Clemson and Alabama. And Florida and Notre Dame. Wow, that's a sexy match. Those are some sexy matchups. Either way, you're going to get... And then you're you're getting either Clemson and Notre Dame, Alabama and 
Florida or Oof. or an ACC ratings off the charts. Off the charts. Off the I'm charts. Not, I'm listen. I'm not putting in an undefeated Cincinnati team. I'm sorry, Cincinnati. I love you, but you're going to be the first one out. And even if Indiana wins out, assuming that Ohio State loses, right? Does Florida have to beat Alabama in the SEC championship? Has to beat Alabama. Okay. If not, so, then we're having a question about Indiana or Cincinnati. I'm not. I'm well, not, what about Ohio State? Let's just assume Ohio State plays the remaining two games as they're on track to do. Then you as have, of this moment. Then you have to consider if if Ohio State can win out since they're on track. If Ohio State can win out, then I'm taking you, a seven. Then I'm taking a seven win do, Ohio State team. Do you over a one loss SEC champion in Florida? If Florida loses, though. Oh yeah, if Florida if Florida, if Florida wins, who do you take between an undefeated Ohio State or a one-loss Oregon team? Or or no, not one-loss Oregon team. Or, Pac-12. Is I, I'm sorry. Or over a one-loss, let's Alabama. say Al- Alabama. Who do you take? I mean, it's hard because no, Al- I don't think I don't think as a question you take Alabama. You take Alabama. Yeah. And the wife, the researcher says Alabama as well. Um, I am the researcher. Oh, well, peanut we gallery. We the peanut in, gallery. Live studio audience. In the live studio audience. So that's my t- that's my top four teams. Uh, your top four? Well, I mean, I gave my top seven. Does yours? Uh, does yours differ? Honestly, once I said it, yeah, I think I, I'm only dropping Ohio State one position. Um, so Ohio State's five, Florida's four, or Florida's. So it goes so run, Alabama, run yep. no, Notre Dame, Clemson, A and M, Ohio State, Florida. So Cincinnati. So this is kind of what I was talking about. The committee won't do that because of down the road. So if you have Florida at, at right. in, in your case at six, then in right? which case you have to flip them and mine matches with yours. Right. Right, but the committee won't do what you did because a few years ago they did that with TCU. They put TCU oh, and that, uh, F, that just a, and didn't and work out well. every yeah, and then they went on to win, and everyone lost their minds when they dropped TCU from four to like six or something like that. They're very so they'll basically be looking ahead to the potential of what could happen and where these teams need to be for sure. And so that's what they're doing this year. Uh, I, I'm very I'm very excited. I have also just a real quick thing since I am basically the Michigan update from week to week. I have nothing to say. I think I still think Harbaugh needs to go. I don't think that Saturday's game was a fair assessment. Joe Milton is not the guy there. I think honestly the guy is Cade McNamara, as I had stated last week. Jim Harbaugh, I think, does need to go. Cade hurt his shoulder in the first quarter. They had just tied the game, went on a long drive and tied the game, and he hurt his shoulder. So I don't think losing to an uh, to a defeated Penn State team was it. Um, but I learned that Franklin has a $30 million buyout. So F- Franklin's, because he signed that contract after he won the Big Ten Championship, and he and he insured a thirty million dollar thirty buyout. million dollar buyout. He's not going anywhere. I think Harbaugh needs to go somewhere. So again, I've now, stated up, the can- up, candidate I want is Hugh Freeze, but 
They won't okay, do first, that. I don't think you're going to get Hugh Freeze. However, Hugh Freeze. However, uh, in the conference that but is I would the also, independent league. I would also take Matt Campbell. Lib- Liberty came out. I think you have a better shot of Matt Campbell or the coach at Coastal Carolina or the or the coach. I'm first, sorry, I forgot their names. Or the coach at Louisiana. Especially, I'm taking the coach at Louisiana. I'm taking Matt Campbell first. But out of so those you're, two. You're going to take the Louisiana coach over the Coastal Carolina coach? I am only because uh, Coastal Carolina just all of a sudden started getting good. Oh, that's fair. He doesn't have a good record. Louisiana's kind Louisiana's of Louisiana's yeah. coach has a record of winning and has a little bit of background at Alabama. Um, so, to be clear, I would take before all those guys. I would take an assistant at. I w- I would take an assistant. Would you at, take a Lane Kiffin? No, he's at Ole Miss. Who's the guy? Steve Spurrier. No, that's an old guy. Who are you talking about? The offensive coordinator for that's currently at Alabama, who was at USC. Oh, Sarkeesian. I Steve would. Sarkeesian. I would take Sarkeesian in a heartbeat. Absolutely. You I would, would. You think you could bring him in as an AD and and he'd be okay? He's not an athletic director. He's coming no, no. from the head as a head coach. Do you think if you were the AD, yes. you want to get backfire? Yeah. Why not? I mean drinking problems but then right. again we forgot drink you drinking okay so that's all part of the interview process you got football why football why sarkeesian is clearly one of the best in the game i mean look what he's doing with alabama oh yeah for sure but, like i mean a white guy look good. i mean he sarkeesian was in a even with the drinking problems in a better spot socially than lane kiffin was and nick saban rehabbed lane kiffin and then Lane Kiffin is now went and got a job at a small school and now at Old Miss. Yeah, I, I take Sark. I would have to believe he's gonna recruit big time and he's gonna always have great quarterback and offensive play. Listen, I would take Sark. I would take Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator down at Clemson. Although I don't know if he's leaving. I would take Venables, the defensive coordinator at Clemson. I don't know if he's leaving. Listen, especially I, with Don Brown probably leaving. I. I Oh, if anything, the least Michigan has to do is get rid of Don Brown. Yeah, I I believe. And speaking of leaving coaches, uh, more shakeup news in the NFL this week. Your thoughts? Um, the Ford family was able to, much like the Model T, go ahead and make some cuts, and they or uh, sorry, better better turn of phrase. Okay. Much like their sedan line, uh-huh. make some cuts, and they cut Matt Patricia and Quinn, the D, the GM there. Yes. Well, I mean, I've been calling this for how long you now? You literally called it last week. <laughs> yeah, okay. You literally <laughs> called it last week. But uh, I, I was talking about Matt Patricia's inability to be a defensive-minded head coach without a Hall of Fame quarterback at in Detroit for a long time. Listen, I think the Lions... The Lions hired, fired Jim Caldwell, which they had, should have never done. I, when that came out, they should have never done. They fired him and hired Matt Patricia to get over the hump, to win a playoff game, which they had not done, even though Jim Caldwell, the playoff game he lost, was to Dallas, and the referees blew so many calls in that game. It was the game before that Dez dropped it. Mm, okay, yeah. It was the game before that. People forget the refs blew. The Cowboys had so many pass interference calls, just especially late in that game, just not called that the Lions would have been able to win that game. 
So I, I thought I thought the firing of Jim Caldwell was kind of unfair, but Bob Quinn, the GM, is getting got fired because he fired Caldwell and brought in a worse coach. Where do the Lions go from here? First of all, you got to get a GM in there first. You, you got to hire the boss's boss so that he can have a guy that he believes in. So you go out and you hire a GM who I don't know. Is this a landing spot, though, much like the 49ers were, if you think about it, for Jim Harbaugh? Now think about it. The 49ers had a solid defense when Jim Harbaugh was hired from Stanford to 49ers. They were in the same geographical area at the time. Stanford being on the West Coast and uh, Santa Clara where the 49ers play being right being right there as well. They had a solid defense. They have a number one overall pick at quarterback. The 49ers did. So did the Lions. So do the Lions still right now. They have talented weapons on the outside. 49ers had Anquan Bolden and Michael Crabtree. Lions have Kenny Galladay. Uh, Danny Amendola. And uh, it's a rookie right now. But anyway... They had they had good running backs in San Francisco. Frank Gore. They have Sony Michelle in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They have an aging Adrian Peterson, and they have he's gone after this year. And they have that uh, McDonald kid from from Maryland. I think similarly, these teams look like teams that. These are this is a prime spot as long as you can get a solid GM in there that you believe in that a coaching candidate would come in and say that roster's not too bad and I can probably compete for a division title against an aging Packers squad and a terrible offensive Bears team and an inconsistent Vikings team. So I think the Lions will be a great landing spot but I think that maybe their best candidate is Harbaugh who is right in their backyard so I I see a lot of similarities between them and when they took the 49ers job what are your thoughts I think it's it's a pretty if Jim's gonna leave I think um there is better than Houston I think for him uh I, I mostly think from the fact that he has a bunch of kids like, why would you want to move again? Halfway across the country. Yeah. It, that that will definitely be taken. Listen, Jim wants to stay at Michigan. He wants to get them over the hump. I just, at some point, if I, you're 22, I'm 26. So we've both been the 19 to 20 year old range. Eventually, you hear the same thing over and over. You yeah. eventually tune it out. Right. Sorry, mom and dad, but uh, you guys were kids at one point too. You just eventually tune things out, and I think that when a coach is there not succeeding, right, as Jim is in some aspects, not beating consistently, Ohio, consistently yeah. not succeeding, kids eventually start to lose trust, and the that relationship starts to diminish a little bit. Sorry, I'm- I I I think that. 
but also the problem is, is Trent Bulky, the GM of the 49ers when Jim Harbaugh was there and who ended up firing Harbaugh and then getting fired himself because he fired Harbaugh. The problem was, is that Jim wanted more power and more say in the players that they were bringing in. And Bulky wanted credit and not to give Harbaugh that power. So I think that because they fired their GM too, this creates a very interesting situation where maybe you can lure Jim Harbaugh into Detroit and saying, here's all the power. However, I think that might be a mistake just with everything um, with Harbaugh's track record. Yeah, it's um. Sorry, I'm having I'm 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 diving down the uh, coaching tree for some reason. Uh, Jim, oh, I had to look up Jim Caldwell, and that made me think he's on Tony Dungy's coaching tree. Right. Who's on? Um. Uh, who's Who's he on? Sorry, hold on. He's on Bill. Who's on Bill Walsh's coaching tree? Which, right. funny enough, Jim and John Harbaugh both Con- come from. Both come from. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see. But this is the first. Co- Big head coach coaching opening, uh, either in college football or the NFL. So, so far, it would be the so Lions, far. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina is out there, but let's be honest, South Carolina hasn't been relevant in a decade. So, so You're not he, wrong. I'm so, not. I'm not going to argue with you. Well, I mean, Clemson I get, has taken over. I'm the sorry, Texan fired Bill O'Brien. No, Texan, that's not a landing spot. I'm sorry, Houston isn't a landing spot for for me. someone. If you're looking at pure quarterback talent, heck, I'm taking oh, the Houston for sure. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. sure. You want to – why I ran about how uh, Kyler Murray for a little bit, you want to look up the playoff picture, the NFL playoff picture, oh, and we'll chat about that. I mean, it's super easy to do. So Kyler Young went to Foxborough this past weekend and lost. Kyler Murray. Murray. You said Kyler Young. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray went to Foxborough and got beaten in a close game. Listen, this is not a surprise. Bill Belichick – Eat young quarterbacks for a living. Kyler Murray. However, in the past couple of weeks, what teams are figuring out is you can't allow Kyler Murray to run. Much like Lamar Jackson, he needs his legs to open up the offense because of his deficiencies as a passer. Now, there's a difference in between the deficiencies Lamar yeah. Jackson and Kyler Murray has. Lamar Jackson's inability is tall enough to sit in that pocket and throw. Right. And his inability and inaccuracy is his problem. Right. Kyler Murray, if he was Lamar Jackson's height, this would not be an issue because he could sit in that pocket and throw. The problem is he's sh- he's shorter. He needs to be yeah move he, around. In right. Order he to needs throw to the ball. be moved around and be able to throw. And I think he's still learning. So, yes, I was high on Kyler Murray MVP three weeks ago, and I was wrong, and I jumped the gun. However, I think he's still young. This is his second year. He will probably get into the playoffs as a six or seven seed. I don't know what the current standings are. They're seven. They're seven right now. Great. They win. I don't know their remaining schedule, but I assume they win two, three more games. They're five. They're six and five right now. They're six and five. They have the lead, the division leading Rams next. Okay. A win at the Giants. A win at the Eagles. Then the 49ers and the Rams again. And I'm. I'm they didn't say okay, that the 49ers so, were win. So they're at the Giants and they're at the yeah Eagles. Okay. So the do you want to switch to the NF the NFC West because that division is on fire right now. That division, the whole division, including the 49ers. Yes. I mean, it's the, ridiculous. The biggest upset 
of the week to me when I started looking at, cause I was busy all day Sunday too. Um, I think, or I wasn't. Yeah. Anyway. Um, when I looked at the scores was the fact that the Patriots beat the, the Cardinals. Yeah. That division is very close. I think the Rams though are separating themselves as the class of that division right now. Seattle's Seattle's ranked uh, I, second. In, I, I, I don't, their defense going to get picked apart for sure. I, I I don't trust Seattle. Seattle's second. Seattle's on pace to give up the the most passing yards per game in NFL history and the third most total yards per game in NFL history. I don't trust the defense. Now they brought in some pieces, Carlos Dunlap, to try to help at the trade deadline to try to help this defense out. I don't trust them come playoff time. I do trust Jared Goff and sean mcveigh oh, offensively yeah. to kind of figure things they out. they play more as a team i think the big thing and, well also you have a potential defensive player of the year in jalen ramsey who's able to shut down dj Metc- dk metcalf uh, and that's the entire that's offense. an interesting i watched some highlights of the eagles game i didn't want to get sad so i didn't watch a ton of them kind of like michigan highlights mm-hmm. um where darius slay harassed DK Metcalf to the point where he got in his head early. Now, let me make clear, he was making good, DK was making good plays. But if you take away, you have to, because Russell Wilson has no O-line, that takes away Carlos Hyde, who's his running back, because he has to chip, which means he only has Tyler Lockett. So if you can shut down DK Metcalf, all of a sudden you just took away their passing game. Granted, it was a late touchdown. They only won by six last night. Mm-hmm. Seattle did. Yeah. And Tyler Lockett was a non-factor. Yeah. So if you can take one of the two out, you're holding this team right around 20 points. Yep. Seattle, that is. And, and you I can ju- easily put up 21 on them. I, you, absolutely. And, we, and if you want examples, the, look at the, the Eagles last night. Eagles <laughs> offense. Put up 17. Put up 17. Yeah. It. So I I'm not a believer in Seattle. I I'm not a believer in Arizona. The only team in that division I really believe in is the Rams. That's fair. If, if the 49ers would be in the 49ers, if, they weren't hurt. if their entire team wasn't on IR, <laughs> I would it'd be best division. It is the best division in football right now. But just real quick, Kyler Murray. Let me finish this up. Kyler Murray yeah. still young. Do not. Because he's so up and down, all young players are up and down. He's shorter. He's overcoming. He's still one of the most electrifying players in the NFL. He's a winner. His teammates believe in him. The receivers do. Listen, they get this defense right and a little bit playing better. Who is They're playing without Chandler Jones right now. I think they're a team to watch next year. But I hope they make the playoffs just so Kyler can get his feet wet in the playoff scenario even though they they won't probably win. So, speaking of the playoffs, uh because of the NFC, we'll yep. take we'll take a look at the NFC playoff picture first. Yep. Um I think locked up. I'm not 100% sure. I'm just double checking. I have to see if they play well, the So, most should... likely the Saints have locked up the number 1 seed or at least the AFC South well, cuz they don't play the they don't play the, the Fal- NFC South the NFC South because they don't play the Bucks again. So okay, so so what are the standings right now? So the standings here for the NFC uh that's what I was getting to. Saints at 1, Seattle mm-hmm. at 2. Okay, and what are their records? Give me uh, records okay. when you go down. Sorry. Uh New Orleans is 9 and 2 at 1. Yep. 8 and 3 and 8 and 3 is Seattle and Green Bay. Okay. The New York Giants at 4 and 7. <laughs> They're four. Oh, yeah. 
Then uh, the wild card spots: Rams at seven and four, Tampa Bay at seven and five, mm-hmm. and the last wild card spot is Arizona at six and five. And then first two out is uh, first three out really: Minnesota at five and six. They're all five and six. Chicago and San Francisco. So it's really Minnesota and San Francisco, um, with the way the teams have been playing. Right. Okay. So that's the NFC. Okay. So that's very. First of all, I mentioned this last week. Okay, granted, the Saints played a team without a legitimate quarterback, and and you can say what you want, but that I'm not sure how the NFL. I don't know how that went worse than I was thinking it would have. The fact that he threw two interceptions. He was a quarterback in college. You know that he played for Wake Forest. Granted, right? But I'm not really sure why that. Why the NFL let that happen? Though? I'm 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 not sure because it hurts your overall product and your overall bottom line because. Who wants to watch? I mean, I I was over at my in-laws. We watched maybe five minutes of that game, and because I just wanted to see this non-quarterback quarterback play, and I was like, and I watched one drive of him, and it went horrible. Again, I was kind of on your thought press, worse than I thought, and and then I immediately turned that off to watch the Chiefs and Bucks. Do you remember? Do you remember when? Um... But a couple years ago, when Baylor had to start a wide receiver at quarterback, yeah, that went better than this. True, but Baylor at the time was rec- was one of the top five recruiting teams in the country, okay, so sure. all they did was run the ball, and teams exposed it. Down well, I was the saying stress, that throwing looked better. Right. He didn't yeah. throw for one for nine for two interceptions. Yeah, something like that. Listen. Yeah, again, how can you not scheme up an easy bubble screen, screen some easy he, completion? That's just two interceptions that he threw were some bubble screen passes. <laughs> you didn't see that? I, I did not. No, they were on short, like, out routes, or I think one was on a bubble screen. Yeah. I don't know how, how you go one for nine, and, Wait, and you, it's wh- easy for me to say, but I don't know how you, at least as an offensive coordinator, scheme up something to at least get a – Five yard completion. When you're when the opposing quarterback throws for seventy eight yards and wins. So, so the Saints I mentioned last week they're too talented to fail without Drew Brees. However, Taysom Hill is not the answer. Mm-hmm. Taysom Hill did not look impressive. I think they need to do Jameis Winston this last game to see what they have because now's you the mean time. This next game. The next game. Yeah. Because now's the time to see if you who you need to have as a successor to Drew Brees. Because I don't think, it's not Taysom Hill. Is it going to be Jameis Winston, or do you got to go out and draft someone? So I think they need to start Jameis Winston. So this is interesting, but I'm still, even with them being 9-2, I'm still not a believer in the Saints. And I know you can say, how can you say that? Just something to me just seems off about them. When you watch them, you're just like, this doesn't make sense how they're winning. And I know that that sounds silly, but if you sat down and you watched three hours of a Saints win, I I feel like you would also feel like that would be the case. Okay, so say Drew Locke played Denver starting quarterback on Sunday. Sorry, I they that game's more competitive oh, than for the, sure. than the thirty-one to three, right? I found I found an article that is literally titled, uh, and I had to inside the bizarre numbers and social reactions to New York Orleans Saints Denver Broncos games. So, in the first quarter, hold on, I have to. 
in the first the running back took the on the Broncos first drive Lindsay Phillip Lindsay Lindsay yeah. Hilton and Royce Friedman all took snaps at quarterback yeah, I, three different people took it, snaps at it, quarterback again I'm not sure how the NFL let that happen but it, that's neither here a nor quarterback there. went 0 for 7 in passing in the first half of a Saints game the last time that happened was the Chargers it was a long in time in 1991 yeah. versus the Raiders. Probably the time before that yeah. was like in 1925. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen. We all get that it's bad. It's uh, ridiculous. It's just it's it's ridiculous. But out of the playoff picture, getting back to that, since sorry. we're so sidetracked. I'm sorry. Who's the best team in the NFC right now? That's a that's a tough question. They're not beating the Chiefs. That's for sure. I, Whoever it is, they're not beating I th- the Chiefs. I think it's the Packers. And I know that a lot of people don't believe no, in the Packers th- because they get smacked around by by the teams who have, are more physical. Have but- Steelers syndrome right now? They're playing down to teams. Um, it really depends if 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 Aaron Rodgers ate his. Gre- ate, ate, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot this episode. That's okay. Um, ate his Wheaties that morning. No, I agree. But they're they're having they're having. I agree with you. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I. I don't know. It, it should be interesting. What's the AFC playoff picture? AFC playoff picture. Let, oh, just real quick for the NFC playoff picture. Yeah. The way that it's going. Yeah. San Francisco could end up getting in the playoff picture because each team still has to play each other. Seattle. Yeah. Arizona. LA. Listen. The NFC it, it's best West, team in football. Yeah. It's best team in football, hands down. Uh, uh, and the Bucks need to be careful at seven and five. If Arizona gets hot again. And San Francisco gets hot or again. Listen, Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis. Uh, the Vikings. Listen, yeah. this is a dangerous time to be a Bucks fan. I said that everyone needs to relax and they'll oh. be fine. A couple Dude. weeks ago, this is not true. Look at the Vikings schedule for the rest of the season. I'm sorry, it is a Jacksonville this win. Sunday, Buccaneers the next Sunday after that. Uh, that it could huge, be a win. Yeah, it's could a be huge a win. game. A huge game. Bears win. Saints. Probably a loss. Uh, but probably a lot. But again, I think again. And then Lions win. So they could go three and two for the remainder of the, which means they would finish with a nine and seven. Yeah, record. And they might still miss the playoffs. They might still miss the playoffs, <laughs> but they also might not. Like depending that, on how true. how the AFC and they West started goes. at what zero and four something like that. So I think they yeah yeah. So okay, AFC. Uh, All right, Steelers at one, Chiefs at two. Yeah, ten and zero and ten and one respectively. Yep. Uh, Titans who have come back mm-hmm. to life, eight and three. Yep. So is the, the Bills and the and Bills the Browns? They're all at eight and three. Yeah, yeah. I would not think it's twenty. I saw. I saw weird. a meme on Facebook. It said it was a picture of the Browns helmet. It says when you're eight and three, and literally no one cares. <laughs> no one notices. Yeah, I forgot they were. Win- yeah, they were. So anyway, not winning their so, okay, division. Okay, so you but, got those. Uh, Miami's at seven and four. Yep. Uh, with Harvard man, uh, man who doesn't know how to use a condom is at seven and four at. At number seven, yeah, that last. would be Philip Rivers and the, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. Um, so, real quick, the best team in the AFC, I don't, and I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, but I don't think it's surprisingly close. I think it's Kansas City. They should have won that game against the Buccaneers by more. But the fact that you, that the one guy you have to cover, the one guy. You have to cover Tyree Kill gets 240-some yards and three touchdowns on 11 catches. And Patrick Mahomes almost throws for 
500 yards and four touchdowns. Are you kidding me? This offense can make it make dominating look so easy. To put it in perspective, the Steelers are playing football. The Chiefs are playing Madden. Yes, that that's a perfect way to say that. The Chiefs are playing Madden, and the Steelers are playing football. Listen, and if the Steelers lose to the Ravens, whenever that game happens, I think it's Wednesday now. It is Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever that game... Is that, wait, is that is that the end of week seven, or is that the beginning of week eight? I think it's 12 and 13. That's on. what I meant. But, I but yes, <laughs> But yes, it's the end of week 12, technically. <laughs> And then week 13 starts the next day. Oh, oh, and you want to hear something else? So that game is at 340 on Wednesday. The Chiefs and... 340? You know why? Because NBC wants to broadcast the tree lighting at Rockefeller Center. They're NFL... getting bumped by the tree lighting <laughs> I, at Rockefeller. The NFL gets bumped for nobody no other sport, no other team, no other man. Besides the Rockefellers. B- besides the president. And they're getting the Rockefellers, apparently. Old money. Standard oil. For a tree. A tree lighting. (laughs) I I, I find that very funny. Um, Quick, uh, unnecessary soccer. Just real quick. Uh, You're going to bring soccer into my uh, podcast? Two seconds. Okay. But not five. Okay. Um, I'm counting. MLS is doing good. Yep. Champions League is in fire. Uh Uh-huh. Go watch it if you enjoy soccer. Real Madrid lost in the... Great. So they're probably going to lose. Great. They're probably going to suck. Okay. Are we almost ready to wrap this thing up? Uh, uh, Do you want to talk about the 104 pages, 134 pages COVID guidelines that the NBA sent out from a healthcare perspective? Uh, The only thing I want to uh, address with that is 134 pages is way too many pages. That's what I was thinking too. They pretty much covered everything. In the article I read mm-hmm. on my phone, on yeah. the, uh, 134 is... I think it was, that, that article was maybe a 1,000 words. It's way too excessive, but that has to do with the players having all this empowerment. They want to... The players just want to feel protected and safe. And I get that, but 134 pages is way too much. The guidelines themselves, they're pretty standard. If you test positive, you can't come back. You can't be with the team for 12 days. Basically, ten days in isolations and then two days of workouts by yourself. So you're base you're not allowed to work out for or do anything at the team facility for ten days. You can, I guess, work out in isolation at your house or wherever. Yeah. And then the two games you're allowed back in the facility, but you're not allowed allowed to be around your teammates. And then you're allowed to rejoin the team after the twelfth day. What I want to know is contact tracing. It, how they're handling that because the article didn't cover that which that's why most of these teams are getting knocked out is contract both in college and nfl especially the ravens and the steelers is the contract tact tracing portion it's not that all these players are testing positive it's that one is testing positive and then all of these players are around that player without a mask and so you got to do the whole contact thing so i think that's very interesting but 134 pages is way too many. Like, I think you could have summed it up in a single space two-pager, definitely. Oh, for sure. Um, that's interesting. Honestly, we'll probably preview the NBA next next week or the week after. They start the 22nd. So, 
uh, sorry, the 27th. Yeah, they, they start, start two days they after start Christmas. Right, a- they, right after Christmas. Yeah. It kind of sucks. They always had those Christmas Day games. Yeah. So I mean, but, but still, like, I'm, the, the I kind of like it better. The going to start in, in... It actually in, gives us a break from sports over the holidays. In which two games. I mean, well, chance. not really, but... We'll probably preview. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up, because uh, I don't have... Both uh, NCAA men's and females basketball is back. Um this is a weird, just a weird little thing. Syracuse had a girl come back from breast cancer. Yeah, I saw that. Good, good for her. Oh, which is just weird because you don't uh, hear a, it. A great week for women in sports. The kicker from Vanderbilt. <laughs> the girl kicker from Vanderbilt. I'll explain why I laughed. The girl kicker from Vanderbilt. She's going to kick again this weekend. Good so I her. am very awesome. excited. However. Hopefully she gets to kick this time. That's <laughs> why I she- laughed. <laughs> Vanderbilt is so bad they didn't even uh, sniff the red zone for her to attempt a field goal. So I hope that they and they're playing Georgia. Yeah, much better defense. So I'm I'm not thinking no. her chances are high. So maybe they'll let her kick off. She did do a design squib kick uh, to open the second half. It went pretty well. Um, she then posted a video because, of course, all the men haters out there because men are terrible. Yeah, as a species, uh, were. Uh, killing her for her distance on the squib kick. Yeah. And it, it was the coach came out and said it was a design squib kick, which it looked designed. Yeah. Her placement and everything. She posted this photo of her kicking a soccer ball for an assist in the SEC tournament. Yeah. And, and it went from like her 18 into the other box. <laughs> and it was a uh, goal. And she said with the quote, I'll just leave this here. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> So listen, she. Uh, good luck to her. I hope she kicks some extra points. I hope she kicks some. Well, they're or, probably going to kick some field goals. Uh, let's be attempts. Honest. They're probably going to attempt, and I hope that she makes them. I hope she gets to do a few kickoffs, at least one, and I hope they let her, you know, have a well, she, cannon of that leg and not she, squib it. Let's she, see how far she can kick it. She gets to kick at least one. Hopefully, they don't get to squib it. I, I hope so. So I, I'm. Uh, that's something to look forward to. So it's been. It was a great week. It sounds like for women in sports, it was a great weekend in sports. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I I don't know anything off the top of my head. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP in the NFL. I think that's pretty evident. So basketball is right around the corner. Listen, it's the most wonderful time of the year, not only because it is Christmas time, but also because it is. Sports time. Sports all the, time. All all the sports, sports are, are either starting or wrapping up, and you get the best game. So listen, uh, be kind to one another. Celebrate with your families, but please do it responsibly, both if you're drinking and if you're not. If you're sick, if you feel sick, stay home. Yes, it's no fun to stay home, but listen, it's better than, you know, maybe killing someone. Yeah. So Death is no, is no fun. Yeah, death is no fun. So uh, wash your hands. Go outside, walk, enjoy, uh, watch that tree lighting after the football <laughs> game. Uh, God bless everyone. Uh, be kind to one another. Peace out.